This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Will. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Uh, we're currently recording this uh, during, I guess, what I, one of the games in the American uh, NFL Super Bowl, uh, I guess, what, what do they call it? Like a, a fi- It's a final playoff? of some kind. Playoff. They, they call it playoffs over there, don't they? So um, yep. they've already had one playoff. The LA Rams, who, um, were they a team like before this year? Are they just a new team, the LA Rams? Anyway, they've gone into the, the final, the LA Rams. And then currently while we're playing... Um, uh, oh, so they're new while this year. Recording. Oh, hang on. Yeah, while we're recording. So, okay, the LA Rams, who are new this year, it's their first year in the competition. They've gone through to the Super Bowl, which has got to be... That's got to piss off people whose teams have been in the competition for a long time, doesn't it? I mean, like for us, like Bulldogs and St Kilda fans, that would be yeah. like your Gold Coast or your GWS coming into the competition and their very first year getting into the grand final. You've got to earn your stripes, mate. And it depends also on how the club is set up. Like if it's one of those things where it's a franchise club where they literally just buy all the superstars and they get all a bunch of allowances. If it's just something like... They were a team that were, I don't know, relegated and then they fought their back way into first division. And I think if there's history to the club, you can't, you can't begrudge them. But if it's something set up as a corporate, it's the McDonald's of uh, uh, NFL teams, then you could be rightfully aggrieved. With, without any of us knowing much about uh, the NFL, Charlie? Absolutely nothing. But why, would, why what, let that stop us? What would you guess that the LA Rams are? Do you think the LA Rams, do you think the Los Angeles is... Uh, NFL team are a team of scrappy battlers, Mighty Duck style, <laughs> that have been put together and have made it through the final, or uh, are they some sort of, uh, you know, kind of super team that they've put together? Well, gee, it's not like uh, Los Angeles to promote glitzly, glitzly, glitzy, glamorous things just for a quick buck. Um, I would say that they are a franchise club that have been given allowances and, and star players to get set up. Maybe they've been like, moved from somewhere else or two teams have merged or whatever but it's uh, i don't think it's a scrappy bunch of upstarts because i don't think do they exist in los angeles scrappy upstarts it's not really a story you hear much coming out of la well maybe it is maybe it is like i mean i would love if it was mighty duck style like you know the coach of the la rams you know was some fancy lawyer who'd been, you know, uh, had a drunk driving charge and had actually been you know like you've got to go and coach our nfl team what the hang on Am I just going crazy here? But did the Mighty Ducks become a real team? Was there a team that became like an ice hockey team that became the Ducks? I believe I the, the Anaheim like, Mighty Ducks, right? Are a, yes. 
Right, so but is that a second I mean, year in, NHL We've team? come in strong, by the way, on topics that we have no idea about <laughs> this week. <laughs> well, to get us back on track, Will, uh, to anyone who's been listening over the last kind of few months, you have heard the evolution of a man. A man who was once happy-go-lucky and easygoing and considered himself youthful into a curmudgeonly old person. And... Uh, that has taken another step this weekend because I can announce proudly, Will, that t- uh, on the weekend, I yelled at teenagers for playing music too loudly. Now, um, were you at your home and they were playing music too loudly near your home or were you just wa- wandering the streets randomly yelling at young people? <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, Will, I am the sheriff. Yep. Uh, so I just <laughs> I go out in the middle of the night and I just walk past houses and I feel if they're uh, if there's too much noise pollution coming from said venue, I'll just knock on the door and uh, issue an infringement notice. You've still got your old uniform from Blue Healers. Sometimes right. you put it on and just wander the neighborhood in your old Blue Healers <laughs> cop uniform and just be the noise police. It's all like tattered and faded, like there's patches of sewn up and stuff. It just looks disgusting. It looks like if a policeman fell asleep in a dumpster for 15 years and only just crawled out. And it clearly says Mount Thomas on it, but you just think people are going to be so shocked by the police uniform that they'll be fine with it. I've just stuck electrical tape over where it says Mount Thomas and just written the name of my suburb. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, where were the young people that you yelled at? Okay, so there's a few parts to this story. I sort of went in hot. Uh, you know, I just I wanted some clickbait, but we, we can get into the details and everything is not entirely as it seems, but... It was early hours of Sunday morning, uh, and I had just been watching Guardians of the Galaxy before I went to bed, and so I was asleep, and at about 5.30 in the morning, I hear like classic 70s rock and roll, and because of those Guardians films, because they they've got so many classic tracks, for a second there, I was like, oh, I'm still asleep, and I'm just thinking about the Guardians or something like that, but I'm like, no, no, this is really loud, and it sounds like it's coming from my apartment, and so... Jen was asleep next to me. I knew Michael was asleep. So check the apartment. No, it's not there, but I could hear it. And I was like, is it coming from the rooftop? No, it's not coming from the rooftop. So I'm looking out the windows and I can't see it, but it sounds like it's in the apartment. So I go back into the bedroom and I look out the window across the road to see if it's, you know, the rooftop of the other building. And then I cast my eyes down <laughs> and you've got to understand on my building, there's like this awning that surrounds the corner of the building. On the awning are like five teenagers sitting on like milk crates with a, like a Yui boom, dancing and singing along to this track, like watching the sun come up, like looking down towards the water, watching the sun come up. So the young people are having the best times of their life. The like, best time. Like that is the best time. Being a teenager, staying up all night, seeing the sunrise in the morning. Maybe you're out on some balcony that you really should not be out on. It really shouldn't that, be out probably on. Probably isn't that safe. Certainly isn't safe for dancing. Your music's way too loud. Life could not be more fun. This is the Australian summer in one, one moment. And let me just preface this as well by saying... Like, uh, 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 like recognizes like, you know, I looked down at those kids and I saw exactly what you just described. I saw that effervescence. I saw that you don't want the night to end. In fact, the sun's coming up, starting your day. There's so much potential. They've probably made plans for what they're going to do, all this kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's definitely by looking at their pupils. I really got it. I understand exactly (laughs) the frame of mind that these kids were in, right? 
so Jem wakes up and she's confused as well. And so I tell her, you know, there's some kids partying out, like out in the balcony. She's like, what balcony? I mean, I mean, on the awning. And so she sticks her head out and she's like, oh my God. And so she just stumbles off to the bathroom half asleep. And so I'm like, okay, well, now's the time to kind of like confront them. And I wasn't offended, right? I rec- like recognizes like, it's all cool. But I'm like, ah, oh, I've never got to yell. <laughs> And a bunch of teenagers for playing music too loud. Like, let's just have a crack. And so I lean out of the window and I'm like, hey, hey, it's 5.30 in the bloody morning. And the girl looks up, very shocked. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, get inside and turn that bloody music down. And so they scramble, gathering up all their stuff, their cigarettes and their wine and stuff and scrambling back in through the window that I assume that they've come out of, unless... They just opportunistically decided to break into the closest light window they saw. So Jim comes back in and she's like, why did you yell at them? And I'm like, well, I thought I could approach it from, hey, like cool guy, like turn the cool teacher, turn the chair around backwards. Hey, kids, you know, just turn it down a bit. I understand you've had a good night. But one, I thought, is that likely to have an impact? Because again, like recognizes like. And when I was in that situation at that age, if a neighbor, in fact, I'm pretty sure a few neighbors came up softly, softly and were like, hey, guys, and you take it on board and you probably have all the intentions in the world of turning the music down and getting everyone inside. But because it didn't make that much of an impact and you've got a lot of things on your mind at that time, easy to forget. But you don't forget the fucking dude who leans out and yells at you, right? Um, all I'm hearing right now is these motherfuckers are going to steal your bin. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm hearing that they're like, fuck that old guy. Fuck his yelling ways. Let's go downstairs and light a fire in his brand new bin. Well, I, once I sort of connected the dots on, I think, I think it was my neighbors. Not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure it was my neighbors. They're a younger crew kind of in their twenties. They're, they fit the demographic. And I often see them having parties and we've had like quite, uh, a, a, an amiable relationship to this point. Like, they've never invited me over. I'll, you know, I'll come forward and say I'm a little offended that every time they see me coming in the gate, they're not like, you know, we'll have a chat or whatever and they'll have friends having a barbecue. Not once have they ever said, hey, come over here, old man. Well, this would have been a much wasn't better way a to deal with it then, Charlie, because the awning is uh, like neutral space, right? It doesn't belong right. to them or you. Uh, you could have crawled out the window onto the awning also. <laughs> And then <laughs> joined the party. And I believe that would have made them uncomfortable enough that they would have turned off their music and gone inside regardless. Oh, God. That's a missed opportunity, Will. I should have called you. I should have called you. Because if you'd give me that advice, I would have proceeded to put on, like, my worst underpants. Like, my worst <laughs> underpants, right? And maybe I would have put some sunglasses on and a chain. Yeah. And I would have, like, clumsily crawled out of the window... With a, maybe I grab a couple of bottles of drink from the fridge or something like that, and I'm like, "Hey, dudes, what's Facebooking? Let's party." <laughs> I feel like that's the way to do it. I feel like you've got to um, play them at their own game in that scenario. You don't want to be the grumpy old man. You don't want to be, you know, the well. Clearly, you do because uh, every single story you I tell did. on this podcast now is about how you want to be a grumpy old man. So clearly, you well, do want to be a grumpy old man. I think by nature, Will, I am fairly easy to get along with. I spend most of my day being easy to get along with. I sort of pride myself on the fact that I kind of, I'm not obstructive in any way. Mm. So forgive me if occasionally I allow myself a little window 
Right, and I think justified as well. Like, my reaction I don't think would be considered unexpected in that situation. No, I hear what you're saying, but it's Saturday. Like, it's Saturday night into Sunday morning too, right? So it's it's weekend. It's yeah. not like this is like a yeah. school night. That I yeah. I just I've got to say there just would be a part part of me that would just be like good on your kids, and just there like was roll over and go back to bed. You party on, dude. But, that's what I would I, like. I, I did. I mean, okay. Tell me if you were in the exact same situation, and it was loud. Like mm. I thought it was coming from my apartment. That's how it wasn't just like an irritating hum. It was fucking loud. So tell me what your approach would have been. And honestly, well, if I heard loud seventies rock, immediately I'd think I was at my radio job. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh dear God, I'm you turned to Eddie. I'm you're like, can you turn that work? bloody music off? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I yell every morning when I'm at the radio station. Stop playing those Doobie Brothers so loud. <laughs> <laughs> those Doobie Brothers. But you get it wrong. Those Doobie cousins. Yeah. Those, you know, the Doobie family. I don't know if they're brothers, brothers, sisters, uncles, nephews, Look, nieces. I know the. It's too much, too much of that rock and or roll. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I, I am in very much in that situation. I, I like young people to be able to be young people. My attitude to that is, and look, you know, you as you have observed in the past. I'm a person that if there was a party at my house and eventually I get too tired for the party, I will happily let the party keep going and just go to bed. I'm not a person. I sleep very well through other people's noise. Um, and even if I don't, I kind of, I love that other people are having a good time. So I am not, I'm never a yell at people to keep it down sort of operator. I would be like, oh, good on them. I wish I was still <clears throat> young and out on a balcony, you know, making irresponsible decisions and seeing the sunrise. Okay, so but then Amy rolls over and's like, "Oh God, I can't sleep." Can I know, I know. I would be awoken by the sound of Amy murdering those kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I would be awoken by the fact that I would hear a child's Shrieking. body crashing on the footpath <laughs> and hear Amy going "fuck you" and pushing them off. Yeah. So you're right. Eventually, I would have to get involved. <laughs> She's just like Batman. Bat, uh, the Dark Knight, where she's just dropping people off balconies to break their legs. She doesn't want to kill them. She yeah. just wants to teach them a lesson. <laughs> um, we have a, um, a neighbour in Sydney, and after one of our friends' 40th, it was a Saturday night, and the venue uh, that the 40th was at, um, you know, was closing, and uh, the person who's 40th it was asked if um, we could go back to our place because we have one neighbor on one side that isn't at their house a lot. And our neighbors on the other side, their bedroom isn't near where our backyard is. So they've always been really good if we want to have a few people over that sort of thing. But we've got one new neighbor that's kind of towards the back and who really came in hard that night about the noise and made a big oh, deal really? about it. Yeah. And was that the one, is that the one that I was at? Was that? Yeah. Mary Lou's. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Blake that out. Yeah. We don't need to bleep that, that out, Mike. She had a, don't you? What? That she's forty. That one of our friends called Mary Lou is forty. That's a, that's oh, literally shit. all we've all said right. about. All right, on your head be on it. All yeah. I'm saying. Um. So, uh, yeah. So they made a big fuss about it, and he, and the big thing about right. him was that um he was like, oh well, I've got to work early in the morning, and I'm like, well, that's fine, but you know what? Society operates on this idea that we have like Saturday night. It it wasn't. We don't do it all the time. It was a Saturday night. It wasn't a huge party or anything. It was just like a few people, you know, having some fun in the backyard. It wasn't like a, a big deal. And 
Okay, mm. you have to work. Like, but you know what? I work early in the morning and people make noise at night all the time. I work from home in that house and that exact group of people have parties during the day when I'm trying to work and stuff. And I just deal with it. I'll just put my headphones on and I'll do some work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I reckon, like, I mean, I'm totally of that philosophy. I think the, you've got to take in all the facts, though. So I'm not against young people partying per se. But the proximity of this party, where it was, it was literally under our bedroom window. Like you could not have been closer. They were less than less than two feet of brick between us and our sleeping them and and our sleeping bodies. Like if they were in their apartment, kept the music going, and it was a rumble or a hum. Like I said, I can live with that. But this was like loud. And also, and this is probably going to make. You know, no, I won't even say that. I was going to say, also, there's a concern for them, like, falling off that balcony and hurting themselves. But I'll be Shut honest, up. I wasn't You had no that concern concerned. about that. In fact, it's, at one stage, you were hoping they would fall off the balcony, so that at least they would shut up. At least the ambulance <laughs> sirens would drown out their loud 70s rock. Yeah. It was, um, I felt powerful, Will. <laughs> I felt powerful. I felt like I commanded them, and they obeyed. Maybe you should like go look into some sort of position where you can yell at young people. Like, could maybe you should become like a junior sports coach or like. Um, no, I, I just listen to teachers' pet. I just think uh, it's it's a bad association <laughs> to be like a a children's physical educator. Well, what about you know like there's all the kind of like crazy dads and mums at junior sport, like you know all the. Oh, that'll definitely be me. I mean, think about when we've gone to like the football together. The way I barrack for my mm. team. Like, I get white line fever, I lose my mind a bit. Imagine if I was watching one of my kids playing junior sport. You think I'm going to be, like, you know, balanced in my view in that game? No way. No, but that's embarrassing for your own child. What I'm suggesting is before you have your own child, get down to the local park and get some practice in. I'm suggesting that you just identify a kid. Like, it doesn't matter which one, but you just go down to the local park and you find one and you just barrack as (laughs) if you're that kid's dad. Just yell at him, yell at the umpires on his behalf. <laughs> really confuse some people. I could probably start up a business, right? Because we do live in this, we live in an age of, um, there's constantly new approaches to parenting, people trying to be more progressive and, you know, maybe some things that have been done in the past weren't the best way to raise kids and can we take a more holistic approach? And so I reckon there are a lot of dads out there who are like, you know what, showing anger in front of my son, you know, is not teaching them anything. It's probably, if anything, giving them a bad impression, but someone really needs to yell at him. Yeah. So I could step in. So like, you know, this kid has, you know, hasn't cleaned their room for a month or whatever. And you know, you don't want to be the fucking bad guy. Call bloody the sheriff. Call Sheriff Clawson. I'll come over and I'll give your kid a bike and I'll do it for free. <laughs> Again, because I have no idea how to make money. <laughs> Again, just for a second, you had yourself a million-dollar idea. And you're like, and I'll do it for free. And I'll cover my own travel costs. It doesn't matter if you're interstate. I will lose thousands a year and it'll be worth it. Well, I think it's like, no, I think maybe I will say the first one is for free. After that, you've got to pay. Or do you think a kid's only going to get Ned yelled at once by me? No, I think this is a great... I think you've identified a real, like, gap in the market, to be honest. Because, Mm. yeah, you don't want to ruin your kid by being, like, you know, the angry person. Or you don't always have to be the bad guy in that parenting thing. But the truth of it is, particularly boys, but all kids as they're growing up, because kids are inherently selfish. It's part of 
us being human beings, you know, like everyone's seen a two-year-old who thinks that everything belongs to them, right? That's mine. That's <laughs> mine. That's mine. You do have to do some stern parenting at different stages to teach them things. But some modern day parents don't want to be the bad guy all the time. They don't want to be the person mm. yelling at their kids all the time. That's a perfect mm. opportunity to bring, and you're a professional actor, so you can yeah. adapt yourself to whatever scenario and situation is appropriate for that kid. You're not going to just bring, like you'll do a level of research. They can send you a few yeah. facts, some of the kids' soft spots, yeah. some of the, th you know, some yeah. kids it's going to be a sporting thing. Some kids need a mm. bit of hard truth while they're training on the sporting field sort of thing. You know, you need to go down yeah. to training and just kind of motivate them by yelling at them. Some of them need to be yelled at to clean their room. There are a myriad of reasons and ways that you need to yell at children, Charlie. And I think that you could do it. And I don't think I want to just be like that blunt instrument. I no. think I want to get more psychological about yeah. it because I don't reckon every kid, like if you've got a kid who's like full, full, no. a, full ADD, you know, it's going to be like, you know, the words aren't affecting them. So maybe that's where you switch it up. Like I remember um, being on set once where working with kid actors and two of these kids were mucking around and it was mm -hmm. like take after take after take and everyone was getting frustrated and the director was kind of losing control. And so one of the senior members of the cast took these two boys aside and it was totally pimp. He just kind of like talked to him, but he didn't get angry, just got real quiet. Mm. And was just like, Hey, uh, you know, what's going on? And you know, they were giggling and stuff and sort of blaming each other. And it's like, okay, you see everyone in the room here and all these people want to go home and they can't do it. If you guys are going to keep mucking around. So are you going to keep mucking around? And you could just sort of say it was just that softly, softly approach. It was the, the man who doesn't need to raise his voice. It had like a total chilling effect on these kids. Cause the next day, bang, I'll concentrate. I think this is good for you. You could play this range and it's already something you're interested in. Like, you know, yeah. and, and I do think there is the demand for it in these modern day busy times. Sometimes, you know, dad can't make a Saturday morning sport, but he needs someone to go down there and quietly tell his son he's disappointed in him. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great idea for a business or the kind of film that is built off a Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you know, definitely, like... definitely we could get Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson interested in this scenario. What are you fucking talking about? It's my idea. <laughs> I'm going to bloody Sylvester Stallone this, mate. <laughs> this will be my one idea. This is your Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. But you're selling Yelling it guy. to people with Rocky relationships with their children. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a highlight of my week, but um, so I've got a couple more questions. So they immediately went oh, yeah? inside and turned off the music. I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, I've got to admit it was like, cause when I, after I yelled at them and they apologized and started like packing up, I sort of sat back in and I had a big smile on my face. Like when Gemma came in and asked while I was yelling, I was like, that was really fun. I mean, it was a game. And I also think too, that in the age of like, those kids are doing what young people do, but you, they need to have some kind of opposition. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's sort of in the narrative of their, of their youth, when they look back in 20 years time, they'll tell that story about, do you remember when we were dancing on the roof and, and that guy fucking yelled at us? Like, it's not a story, you know, like when you're writing good drama, you have to put obstacles in front of your hero and their objective. If it's just too easy for them, it's just not going to be a memory. But they'll always remember that time that fucking dude leaned out the willow, a willow window and yelled at them. Right. And particularly for their age demographic, because how old are these kids, do you reckon? Oh, like, when I say kids, they're probably like late 20s. Yeah, okay. Late 20s. 
Yeah, mid to late 20s. Okay, mid to late 20s. So I was going to say, because if they were like early 20s, they're probably still in the home and away zone. So there's a chance that oh, at yeah, least no. one of them would have <laughs> oh, been be like, amazing. Did you remember, remember that morning when we were off our heads on that awning and then Zach from Home and Away yelled at us angrily? <laughs> <laughs> when I went to, uh, when I was still on Home and Away, I went to Splendor in the Grass. And uh, because I was shooting at the time, I looked exactly like the character appears on TV. And there was... More than one sort of very high, freaked out kind of young person seeing me walk past me like, oh, shoot, the principal from Summer Bay High. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, hang on, I don't go to Summer Bay High. It doesn't yeah. matter. He doesn't have power over me. <laughs> so they start yelling at me. I have no idea why. Just, I'm not really angry at you. I'm angry at my own education and authority figures for reasons I don't quite understand. Hey, um, uh, Mike Hell might be able to give us an update on uh, what's going on in the NFL football game because I did actually bring that up for a reason, not just because it was what we were talking about before we started the podcast, but um, the mm. LA Rams uh, are going through the Super Bowl final and they are going to play against the Patriots. Now, so the Patriots, that's Tom Brady, and they're the team yeah. that are pretty much in the Super Bowl every year. Every so that's year. interesting to me. That's a pretty interesting game, right? It's like the, the superpower, Tom Brady... Um, you know, every year they make the Super Bowl up against the team that wasn't in the competition last year. So who do you yeah. barrack for in that situation if you're in neutral? Do you barrack for the team that's always there? Like America's team, you know, the kind of like the Tom Brady, yeah. Mr. America goes home to Giselle, you know, the Patriots. Okay, well, the let's, brand let, let, let's, let's translate into Australian mm. and specifically into AFL. <laughs> mm. It is like Hawthorne taking on GWS. Right. So who do you go for in that situation? I, I think you probably go f for the upstarts. People are just sick of the Patriots yes. being there. So you go for the new team regardless. But I, I would imagine that because they're LA's team and there's a certain amount of resentment about Los Angeles from the rest of the country, that it might be one of those ones where it's a bit mixed. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the team. Like the reason I said GWS, not Gold Coast, is that Gold Coast, I don't like. Like I don't care about any of their players. I don't know anything about their culture. But over the three or four years or five years of existing, I feel like GWS have shown more. There's, I like more of their players. I like more of their personalities. So I know a year isn't a long time to get a, a bead on a team, but if it's filled with players that you don't like, the whole, or the whole concept just feels like they're trying to just buy a flag or what a, a pennant. What do they call it in NFL? A Super Bowl. A, a Super yeah. Bowl, right? The Super Bowl? You, you win a, do you win a bowl? Yeah, I know, but... You win like a, but you win a grand, a but cup. you win a grand final, but you win a premiership. You win a cup. The so world, what is it? The world like championship in, in, in America. They mostly call everything in American sports yeah, the, the world champions. Like you're yeah, the, world the universal. Champions. Yeah. The, the, in the in the WWE <laughs> now, there's a universal championship belt. I love that because it opens the door to extraterrestrial wrestlers. <laughs> uh, I want to see John Cena taking on Glandork Five. So you win apparently the Super Bowl. So you win the Super Bowl. That's what it's called. You win the Super right. Bowl. But is there a bowl that you win? Like, do you win some sort of bowl? And does it indeed have superpowers, or is it just or a particularly soup. good? Like, a, originally it was a, just a bowl of soup, and over the years it's become the Super Bowl. I'm sure that joke has been made a zillion times. I bet you there's an ad campaign or there's some tie-in with Wendy's or something where it's like, our Super Bowl. I reckon, 
the trophy is called the Lombardi Trophy, uh, named after, I imagine, yeah. Vince Lombardi. No, uh, no, no, no. It's named after the fi- the Forbidden Dance, the Lombardi. Oh, the Lombardi, the Forbidden Dance. In fact, the team that wins, they all get on stage, and that's the final step to them being <laughs> given the Super Bowl. That's how they celebrate Bowls. with they to, Lombardi, the yeah. Forbidden Dance. <laughs> they all pair up like and get all groin to groin, really sexy. That would be, I mean, that would be amazing. Suddenly I'm tuning in to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So you win the Lombarda trophy uh, and a bowl of soup. So as far as we know, in the NFL, if you win, you get a bowl of soup and you get to do the Lombarda in the end end zone. (laughs) Da, 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 da. Sorry, every time you say it, you've got to follow it up with da, 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 da. Is that the Lombarda, well, what you're doing right now? The thing I know about the Lombarda was it was the Forbidden Dance. Was it actually yeah. the Forbidden Dance? Was there some sort of place where sounds the Lombarda like a, was forbidden, footloose <laughs> style, do you think? This sounds like a, a job for Wikipedia. Michael, can you pre- please bring up Lombarda? Let's get some Lombarda information. Yeah, Lombarda, the forbidden dance. I want to know, you know, whether it was actually forbidden or that's just a thing that people say. I mean, let's speculate on why it might be forbidden. I'm going to say, like, uh, it was. it's a 300-year-old rule. Whoever was the king or the queen or the monarch at the time was like very pious and they're like people are getting too sexy putting their groins too close together so i'm gonna say this dance is forbidden what's your speculation um well i imagine too it's to do with the sexual nature of it it's always normally to do with the sexual nature of it although um here we go lambada i've got it up here lambada is a dance from where charlie where do you think that the lambada comes from so it's south america yep um is it what is the what are they most known for exporting? Uh, uh, <laughs> two things. Uh, nuts and uh, hairless vaginas. <laughs> and you don't want to get your order mixed up. <laughs> because there's nothing worse than yep. preparing for a party and you zip open your bag of what you thought was nuts and you get some hairless vaginas. <laughs> salted, uh, salted, d- delicious salted vaginas. <laughs> uh, Brazil Yeah, Brazil So uh, the dance became internationally popular in the 1980s Especially in the Philippines, Latin America and Caribbean countries uh, It has adopted aspects of dances such as uh, Foro, Salsa, uh, Merengue, Max, Maxix and Crimbo uh, Lambada is generally a partnered dance uh, the dancers generally dance with arched legs and the steps being from side to side, turning or even swaying. And in its original form, never front to back with a pronounced movement of the hips. So always front to front, I suppose. Um, yeah. At the time when the dance became popular, short skirts for women were in fashion and men wore long trousers. Oh, do you remember those times, Charlie, oh, when, when <laughs> short skirts were Such... women were in fashion and men wore long trousers? What crazy <laughs> times they were. <laughs> um, the dance has become associated with such clothing, especially for women wearing short skirts that swirl up when the woman spins around. Typically, oh, okay, here we go. So the short skirts, uh, when the women spun around, they revealed their 90s-style thong underwear. 
Apparently. Right. Um, oh, that's why it was forbidden? I guess it was forbidden. Hang on. Did you just say 90s style thong? Has the thong changed? Um, I don't know. What? I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm just driving an old 70s thong, so uh, I didn't realize they'd uh, upgraded <laughs> I can't afford to upgrade to a 90s thong. Okay, hang on. I've been told to scroll down to Karimba here, so I'm going to have a little look at Karimba. Um, all right, Karimbo. Karimbo, uh, also known as the Forbidden Dance from the time that Brazil was a Portuguese colony. Karimbo was a common dance in the northern part of the country. Uh, Karimbo was a loose and very sensual dance, which involved many Ooh. spins by the female dancer who typically wore a rounded skirt. The music was mainly to the beat of drums made of trunks of wood thinned by fire. Karimbo involved Whoa. only one side to side movements and many spins and hip movement, which became the basis of the lombarda. Oh, I'm just getting horny thinking yeah, about just, it. <laughs> that's why it was forbidden. Even if you didn't <laughs> think about the lombarda. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like the ring. <laughs> you, you watch it, you get so horny, you got to send it on to someone else. But after seven days, you die. I've just got a, I've just got a lombarda. Okay, here we go. Um, I've, I've Googled, was the Lombarda actually forbidden? Um, all right, the forbidden dance. Here we go. Uh, the forbidden dance um, is a 1990 uh, drama film starring former Miss USA, Laura Haring, uh, made to cash in on the Lombarda dance craze, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. That um, was a, yeah, I remember it. Well, let, let me guess. Was that... Sorry, hang on. I didn't hear what year the film was made, but my mm. recollection of Lombarda craze was like, 88, 89? Oh, you, you're very... You, so the movie opened March 16, 1990. Oh, damn it. So I'll give you a synopsis of Lombarda, the Forbidden Dance. Uh, right. Nisa is a native princess of the northern Brazilian tribe who comes to Los Angeles to stop an American corporation from destroying her rainforest home. Okay, Holy I love shit. it. I love it already. I mean... Uh, with her... She's going to dance or Is she going to, like, dance or... <laughs> Oh, please. All right. Just pause. I want there to be a scene where she dances into the boardroom. There's a bunch of Lambarderers. They go Lambardering into the boardroom of the oil company or whatever, the foresting company or whatever, and they all dance in the boardroom. And by the end, like, the CEO's a crusty old man, but it takes off his glasses and they think he's going to say something mean, but then he gets up and he starts Lambardering. He grabs, like, his receptionist. I mean, you couldn't do that now because, of course, you know, grabbing your receptionist without her consent would be considered harassment. But, you know, the Lombarder will... <laughs> Yeah, the Lombarda was only a forbidden dance by HR and the HR department. <laughs> okay, that's my prediction. Let's see what, let's uh, what happens. With her, with Nisa, is her tribal shaman, Joa, who uses black magic to get past the company guards. <laughs> and see, what? Sorry. Is this, hang on, we just took a real left turn. Uh, what year is this set in? Is this Nin a fantasy? 1990. So Okay. Uh, Nisa comes to town, comes to LA uh, to to uh, protect her tribe, stop for deforestation. With her is tribal yeah. shaman Joa, who uses black magic to get past the company guards and see the chairman of the corporation, resulting in okay. his arrest. Okay. Uh, so, oh God, we need more details about the black magic. Like, what does that mean? Black magic could mean anything, right? Yeah. Do you I think it's just like a Jedi mind trick? I mean, I guess so. These are not the, this is not the Brazilian Lombarda dancing you were looking for. <laughs> okay. So they get arrested or he gets arrested. He gets arrested. For crushing the, 
So yeah. now Nisa is left to fend for herself in Los Angeles. With the help of Carmen, she finds work in a Beverly Hills mansion as the servant of an uptight couple whose son Jason mm. lives only to dance. Oh, it's perfect. After spying on Nisa as she dances provocatively in her bedroom, again, a scene that you probably couldn't do today. <laughs> Jason takes her out to a club. She is rejected by Jason's friends and he is berated by his parents for dating the help. Okay, yeah, pause. That Yeah, right. I, so Jason, she's just started this new job. What is she doing there? She's, is she's she working like, as like a maid or whatever. Like, you know, she's a maid, the help. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So this dude has just like within seconds of her arriving taken her out on a date. Yeah. Mate, can't do that. That, I mean, it's, that can't do that. It's an inappropriate power relationship. You're the son of her employers and you've been perving yeah. her while she's dancing. She probably feels pressured into the idea that she has to go out with you or she'll lose her job. She's already lost her black magic shaman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, all right. So um, Nisa runs away. Oh, hang on. Uh, she is rejected by Jason's friends and he is berated by his parents for dating the help. Nisa runs away and gets a job at Ecstasy, a sleazy oh. dance. I think uh, I think those kids I saw <laughs> on my might have had a on my awning might have visited to that club. <laughs> Nisa runs away and gets a job at Ecstasy, spelt capital X T A S Y Ecstasy. Yeah, a sleazy Ex-tazzy. dance joint slash brothel. Ah, oh, no, Nisa. As it's better a- than this. As a dance partner for male customers, Jason's friends... Visit- Hang on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So the premise is there are sleazy brothels that you can go to to get a, a dance partner? Like, well. I mean, do you, do you need to call it a brothel? Isn't that just like a dance class? Like, isn't that where if you are a person who loves dance and you want... I'm sure dance studios have nights where you just turn up and they pair you up and you, you dance, right? I don't know. I mean, look, maybe it's a value add. Uh, Mate, you know, you you're paying see, all that rent. You should see the episodes of Dancing with the Stars up late. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> she gets real. Well, funny you should say that. I uh, I have uh, a few friends who have done Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I have been asked to do Dancing with the Stars a couple of times. And the one advice uh, Gemma got from everyone we knew whose partner had done it is like, do not let your partner do Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> they all end up having sex. With their dance partners. You can't help it. It's super physical. Your body to body. It gets sexy. It's just like things go crazy. Yeah. Ironically, I have also been asked to do Dancing with the Stars and that's how they pitched it to me. They're like, I know you don't yeah, like right. dancing, but would you like to have sex with the dancer? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they all will end up doing it. Um, all right. So uh, Nisa's working at Ecstasy at this stage, uh, a sleazy dance joint slash brothel as a dance partner for male customers. Now, here's the thing. We all understand the idea of maybe like the strip club that might also offer some, you know, extra services. But you're right. This seems to be a place where you can dance with the people and also have some sort of brothel-related activities. Um, I mean, are you really going to have energy? Just so you've done like a good one-hour lambadering. Are you going to have the energy to... 
After that, oh, uh, mate, I got me tired. Nothing I enjoy more after uh, you know a nut bush than <laughs> combining yeah. the nut yeah, and the get... bush. <laughs> I was like, the name, the name of this dance has got me in the mood. And then I'd like a little uh, nacarena, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. You know what I've got in my mind? I've got a little bit of Monica on my mind, <laughs> and I've got a little bit of. I don't want to do the chicken dance, but I might chuck the chicken. Yeah, you know, I'd, I've heard, you've heard of uh, doggy style. I'd like to do it Gangnam style. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Jason's friends visit the club and want to dance with Nisa, but Nisa refuses to dance with them. One of Jason's Hang friends. On, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's just taken a job at this establishment, right? And they've said to her, look, if you are going to work here, you're going to get people asking you to dance or asking you to have sex. Now, look, we're not going to paint this like what it's not, but this is the nature of the business. Are you cool with that? And she's like, yeah, totes. But then she gets two customers in she doesn't want to dance with. And she's like, nah, I'm out. Like, come on. Come well, on. Well, here's the thing, Charlie. I think you're kind of right in that, like, perhaps they've said, said that thing of going, this is a place where people dance with people and also have sex with people. You can just dance with them. Like you can dance but and this, have sex with them or you can just dance with them. But Nisa in this uh, situation is refusing to even dance with them as far as I can well, tell. But she, she's like, I won't dance with them. However, I will have, have sex, sex with them. them. But dancing is, <laughs> dancing is precious to me. Can you imagine if you were Jason and you found out that your two mates, this chick who wouldn't even, like, you know, couldn't even dance with like two days ago, your two friends went and had sex with her. And uh, she wouldn't even dance with him, but she went straight to sex. Right. You'd be feeling like because she because she respects you too much, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what she tells. You. She's saving the last dance for you. So Nisa refuses to dance with them. One right. of Jason's friends becomes sleazy towards her. Okay, I'm just going to say I'm not. I'm sure he wasn't this cast in this role, but this is the James Spader role, right? Yeah, yeah James it, Spader in that era was always the kind of sleazy, like preppy, toffee friend. I will uh, look up this actor just so that we can see. Oh, so uh, his name is Kenny Johnson, and you yep. would you would recognise Kenny Johnson. He's been in a few things, and I would describe him very much as your poor man's James Spader. So you've okay, you've absolutely <laughs> identified. He's your budget James Spader. He's the sort of guy that this movie couldn't afford a Spader, but could afford a yep. Johnson. Yeah, buy low, James Spader. Yeah. So, um, all right. So. <clears throat> Um, she knees him in the groin. He becomes sleazy towards her and she knees him in the groin. Good. Later, the friends tell Ashley, Jason's girlfriend, and she runs back and tells Jason his little girlfriend is a sleaze working at ecstasy. Uh, he becomes. Hang on, so wait a minute. Oh, so Jason had a girlfriend when he took yeah. Lombarda, uh, Nisa out. Yeah. My Jason. But did he just want to dance with her? Hmm. He must have just wanted to dance because he had a girlfriend and Jason's meant to be honorable, right? They wouldn't have had him trying to like work two girls at once. Hmm, I reckon he just wanted to dance with her. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he did. Maybe he just loves dancing. Well, think about it. When you, when you read out his character description, he loves to dance. So that's his primary characteristic is he loves to dance. So maybe we've got Jason all wrong. He just wants to dance with Nisa, which would explain yeah. why the girlfriend gets jealous. 
Yeah, or it might be one of those things where Jason's in a bit of a loveless relationship with this girl because he's with the girl he thinks he should be with, but all he really wants to do is dance, and he's finally met this other girl who loves to dance. And romance. I mean, he literally met her for two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess no idea about the rest of her personality. Yeah. Met her for two seconds in any other way. Spied on her in her personal <laughs> quarters while she was working for his family. Literally has not spoken one word to it. Yeah. Like, grabbed her from the bedroom, put her in the car, went to the club. Okay. So, uh, Jason's, she runs back, tells Jason his little girlfriend is a sleaze working at ecstasy. He becomes morose, turns away from his buddies and girlfriend, Ashley, and goes to ecstasy to try to take Nisa out of the place. A bouncer beats up the would-be rescuer and prepares... Oh, God. This is a... Oh. Now... I don't know who's written this description for Wikipedia, but I will take exception with the word that they've used in this sentence, Charlie. Oh, God. A bouncer beats up the would-be rescuer and prepares to deflower Nisa. <laughs> why? Why is the bouncer suddenly turned on Nisa? What did she have to do with this? And why is he going she to... Being help? Deflower is, is being... such a... I mean, he, yeah, he should be... Looking out for Nisa, this bouncer, Yeah. Right? Is she there against her will? I, I could have sworn that this was like a job she took, but now it's like the staff are turning on her. Uh, but Joel walks in. Oh, okay. Hang on. Who's Jason? Jason's the son the, who just wants to dance. Oh, Joe is the shaman. Sorry. I was like, <laughs> Joe jo is bad. Oh, the shaman tries to get in and gets bashed. <laughs> no, a bouncer beats up um, uh, Jason. Uh, prepares the deflower Nisa, but then in walks Joa, the shaman, and magically stuns the attacker, which clears the place. So so the shaman's got out of the pokey. The shaman's magicked himself out of prison and magicked himself over ecstasy. I have to see this. This sounds amazing. (laughs) The shaman then heads back to the tribe while Nisa and Jason... Now in love. Does he just like disappear in a puff of smoke? (laughs) (laughs) The shaman then heads back to the tribe while Nisa and Jason, now in love, prepare for a dance contest. Now, this is fantastic. Hang on. Can I just ask, what happened to the whole subplot of Stop the Deforestation? How did we get to this point? She's completely forgotten why she's in LA in the first place. Charlie, I am so glad you paused. To ask that question, okay. because I am now going to complete this sentence. The right. shaman then heads back to the tribe while Nisa and Jason, now in love, prepare for a dance contest, hoping to speak out about the plight of the rainforest when they're showcased on TV. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than a half-hearted, mawkish crowbarring of an environmental message into this two-bit dirty dancing knockoff. I mean, literally every 80s film is about some competition to save the rec center. And literally they've gone down that path. Let's save the forest with a dance competition. They win the contest, but the corporation's head stooge, and they've got a whole department of stooges, clearly, but he's the head stooge. He's in charge of the other stooges. Uh, They win the contest, but the corporation's head stooge, Benjamin Maxwell... Kidnaps Nisa afterwards. Oh, God. Fucking hell. <laughs> Poor Nisa. It's like every single... 
Like, I know people say not all men, but yeah. literally every man that Neeson meets tries to abduct her or take her somewhere against her will. Yeah, certainly in the movie Lombarda, The Forbidden Dance, it is indeed all men. Um, also, Joe has gone home a little early for mine. This would be a perfect time to have your magic shaman around. Yeah. I know, literally he's like, okay, I'll get you out of the uh, second act yeah. and my job here yeah, is done. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mate, remember the whole reason I paid for your airfare from Brazil to LA was to fucking get the for save the forest, you dickhead. Like, you haven't even done that. You, first of all, you got arrested. Then you just luckily beat some dumb bouncer, and now you've pissed off. Uh, okay, so um, uh, Benjamin Maxwell has kidnapped Nisa afterwards. Jason mm -hmm. finds them and helps Nisa to escape, but oh, oh no, oh no, Charlie uh, right. helps Nisa to escape, but twists his ankle. Oh, oh and a nice—that's a gender reversal. I like it. Ruining their oh, no. chances of performing on the show. Sorry, that's. I was thinking of a horror film where a girl twists her ankle. This is more Ralph Macchio and Karate Kid before the last big fight. Yeah, He's absolutely. Done his ankle. Yeah, so so they're about to save the rainforest through the medium of Lombarda, the Forbidden Dance, but Jason has twisted his ankle, rescuing Nisa <laughs> oh, from Jason. the kidnapper. You are fucking useless. What a shit character. Pervy shit character that no one likes. Uh, ruining their chances of performing on the show. Luckily, Charlie, what happens? Someone has to step up as her replacement or the power of dance. Like a bunch of Lambarderas come from... Uh, uh, God, I don't know, Will. Luckily, Joa... Shows up backstage. Oh, right. So this dude just turns up when you need him. Heals Jason's wound with his, oh, with his black powers. magic. <laughs> like, all right, just pause for a second. What I love about this film, as a writer, I recognize that you run into certain kind of uh, dead ends plot-wise. And it's like, oh, shit, how do I get out of this corner? This writer's come up with a great solution. One of the characters is magic. <laughs> and every time I've written myself into a corner... He turns up and magics them out of it. Brilliant. Every script I write from now on is going to have at least one character who's magic. He just turns up. <laughs> and, and says he's going away, but doesn't go away. Uh, luckily, Joa shows up backstage, heals Jason's wound through the power of black magic, and the dance goes ahead as planned. The crowd loves them. Nisa's... Oh, this is the best. Nisa's king father joins on stage... And they oh, start great. a boycott against the destruction of the rainforest. And everyone gets into the Lombarda. <laughs> so they do. I predicted this, right? They all start Lombardering at the end. Does it mention if one of the head goons gets up and starts Lombardering? It doesn't. But I'm oh. not ruling it out at this point. Or the I fact that one of the guarantee. head goons is sitting there and then Joa comes over and black magics him and then he gets up on Lombarda. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy! Wow, what a go. cinema, what a cinematic classic! <sighs> hey, uh, do you want to hear some mail, Will? Oh yeah, sorry, I, I need to quickly. Um, uh, actually, you know what? I can I can tell more about this next week. But um, uh, we we mentioned uh, the Super Bowl, but it's a couple of weeks away, and I have a little story about the Super Bowl that I will. Uh, uh, All right, we'll tease about it for next week. week. But let's let's do a little bit of um, let's do a little bit of mailbag. The uh, Patreon mailbag is overflowing this week. People are. 
desperate to get their hands on a Tofop sticker uh, sheet. Oh, and a bit <laughs> of um, a bit of homework. Have you watched uh, the yeah. Fire Festival documentaries? No. Okay. Not yet. No. So by next week, um, watch the Fire Festival documentary, either the Netflix one or the Hulu one, whatever one you can get to. Um, I've watched yeah. the Netflix one. I am about to watch okay. the Hulu one. Uh, okay. If they made another five documentaries about the Fire Festival in between then and now, I would watch each and every one of those as well. We need to talk about uh, the Fire okay. Festival and the documentaries, but we'll do that next week okay. as well. All right. Well, we have enough time for your Super Bowl story and your Fire Festival next week, or that's, should we get your Super Bowl? It's going to be a big show next week. We might not have a lot okay. of time for Mark. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Get a sizzle. Uh, yes. Okay. So we've had a big response. Everyone wants a sticker pack. Remember, the best uh, Patreon uh, uh, email we get uh, uh, decided by Will and I will. Well, while we'll get you're a doing that, sticker. I'm just going to go to the fridge and get a drink. But you continue just telling people about it, and it'll take me three minutes, and you'll be. I'll be back. Yes, I just need to remind you guys, when you are uh, sending us a message on Patreon, can you please include your address? Um, The first couple of winners we've had, I've had to remind. It's not a big deal, but just remember, at the end, in the off chance that you have the best letter of the week, remember to send uh, me your email. Will is still coming back from the fridge. He's moving quite well. He's got himself a drink. I'm just uh, vamping now, but he's putting his headphones back on. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> so uh, this is from a uh, regular contributor, Esteban Gayante. Oh, yes. I love, I love uh, Esteban. Hello, Will and Charlie. I recently read the book Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. Mm. That book by Nabokov. What song's that from? I mean, the way you... Uh, is it Lombarda the Forbidden Dance? <laughs> da, 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 is it da, 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 Lolita the Forbidden Teenage relationship. <laughs> uh, I read Lolita. I found it very disturbing. I looked up the book on Wikipedia and I found out that there is a film based on the book, but I mm-hmm. think it might be a little weird to watch. Ha 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 ha. Are there any books or films that you guys find disturbing that are part of the lexicon? Thank you guys for the incredible eight years of entertainment. I hope we get eight more unless Charlie gets another job that doesn't allow him to roll around in the filth that we love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Esteban. Uh, hmm. Anything in the lexicon? I mean, I understand you what you mean is... about Lolita. It is actually, I mean, it's meant to be a disturbing story, but I think that it's actually not meant to be quite as a disturbing story as it now feels like it is. In fact, there's a lot of those sort of stories, like, and even songs, you know, where they just, in retrospect, sound much creepier than they actually are. I mean, you know, like, you know, um, the classic example is, you know, I'm on fire by, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Like, you know, it sounds p- much pervier than it's actually meant to be, right? Like, it's just hard to be in your car singing, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go away mm. and leave you all alone? Mm. Like, it feels gross. <laughs> it feels pervy. Yeah, it's, oh, man, it's one of those things too where, like, so much of the stuff that we grew up with is problematic, but you can let it exist in its own context, in the context of when it was made, right? Not to say that that was a better time, but it's just like, well, this is just how people thought back then. It's basically entertainment's version of the grandfather who you feel like is too old to change their ways. Nothing's going to change it. It's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of like old movies that if you watch them through today's eyes, like, you know, for example, see, if you watch the Indiana Jones films now, fresh, as if you'd never seen mm. them before, you'd be like, hmm, it's a few problematic things in here about the way that Indy, you know, 
treats particularly female characters and i'm pretty sure he's having sex with a whole bunch of his students and a whole you know there's like there's movies like that where you're like hang on is that true no he's got a student that's in love with him i don't think he's having sex with her mate there's a lot of sediment says i love you there's a lot of implication in that that like indie you know just anyway the point oh you know what Uh, amy was watching uh goldfinger yesterday yeah there's a lot of james bond just pushing women in the face (laughs) yeah I mean, I think also like Sean Connery and James Bond are pretty much the same person when it comes yeah. to treatment of women. Uh, Sebastian Roger gets in touch. He says, uh, you may remember my name from a previous email I sent where you explained what wrestling actually is. Thanks for the explanation. But more importantly, I have since become a Patreon member. Well done, Sebastian. You guys are the first podcast I've decided to spend money on because the show is that good. And you've we been would encourage people, by the way, to join the Patreon page. There's been a little drop off in our Patreon, and uh, it possibly is because we occasionally run some ads and stuff on the thing on the program. But uh, I would say this: that the best thing for us is the Patreon support because it means that we know we have a reliable income to pay James and Michael and um, you know the the related costs to do with the podcast. So if you want to keep hearing the podcast weekly. The Patreon is the best place to support it. Plus, there's just heaps of good extra content on the Patreon page. Yeah. And we're planning to put more as well. Uh, so we beat out the Weekly Planet, the Little Dum Dum Club, Do Go On, and Filthy Casuals. All excellent podcasts, I'll say. I'll just they are. I will say that too. <clears throat> I, just, I just got back from vacation in Portland uh, with my girlfriend, and I was visiting university friends for a few days. And our second day, I decided uh, to go to a dispensary to pick up some joints for the trip. Coming from California, I have to say, the price difference blew me away. I paid 20 bucks and got a variety pack of smaller joints to try of different strains and flavors and effects and one one gram joint to share with old roommates. I also needed to pick up a lighter too, photo enclosed, and I realized that I wouldn't be able to take my new lighter on the plane, so I had to figure out a plan. Hang on, I've got to see what this photo, this lighter looks like can't see i don't think he's attached to the photo anyway <clears throat> my girlfriend doesn't bloody listen to the stoner show. probably thought he did <laughs> off his head on on wacky tobacco my girlfriend doesn't listen to the show but one of her favorite moments i shared with her comes from a live episode you did with the dollop well, i guess he means you because i haven't done a show at the dollop yet it ended with a story from will receiving some medicine from oh no this is true when he says the dollop it's when they did our show it was a top up live it ended with a story from Will receiving some medicine from a fan and mailing himself the medicine in Montreal, but sending it with soap and coffee. Um, the fan name. The fan was named. Do you remember the name? No. That I you invented. I can't. <laughs> like, really? I actually, can't you invented remember. this guy. Yeah, I know, but Liam like, I've invented a lot. Liam of James. Oh, it was Liam James. Was that okay? Yeah. Well, that is my that is my go to alias. This sparked an idea, and in true Trofot, in true Tofot fashion, I was going to mail myself the lighter, despite that being way more expensive than buying a new lighter when I got home. I went to the post office on my last day asked the ca- and asked the cashier for an appropriate package to send my lighter to myself. It may have been the effects from the joints, but I felt suspicious sending a letter to myself, so I sent the letter as Liam James. My girlfriend and I had a good laugh at the situation. I thought you'd like to know how far your content reaches. I hope you enjoyed the story. Best of uh, all the best, Sebastian. P.S. I'll send the photos through regular TOEFOP email. Okay, I'll have to keep okay. an eye out for that. Well, but also, here's what I don't understand is why couldn't he just take the lighter with him? Because I have a whole bunch of lighters that I I've think you bo- can take a light, one lighter. It's just, you can't take a whole bunch, but one lighter is okay, I think. I'm looking at this lighter now and I, I can't see why he would, 
you know, not be able to actually just take that with him on the plane. I take lighters with me on the plane all the time. What light, what light are you looking at? Uh, there's pictures. Mike Ellis just put it up. There's a picture oh, right. of it just there. Oh. And, um, I don't mind messing with I have uh, lighters from dispensaries. One of my favorite lighters, it might actually be here on the desk, is like... Thanks, Mark Al. I have one from uh, a dispensary in Denver that has like all the different strains of like weed like printed on the lighter, which I absolutely love this lighter. And uh, no, no, I don't have it here. Good, good podcasting, Will. Great content. Me rum <laughs> rummaging through something and then not finding it. Uh, okay. Now, our next email, I'm just going to spell the name and send it to you, Will. Okay. Okay. So our next email is from how would you pronounce that? I'll spell it out for people listening at home. It's C-E-I-R-I-D-W-E-N. Now that's obviously Gaelic, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm going to say Seridwin. Seridwin? Seridwin? Seridwin. Sir Edwin. Sir Edwin. From Sir Edwin. She or he <laughs> or they? Yeah, or they. That's fine. Or they. Writes, hey, Charlie Take and that, Will. Louis C.K. They. We're fine with it. They. Them. Mostly them. because we don't know if Sir Edwin is a girl or a boy, but they. After listening to episode 226 while walking my dog today, I felt the need to complain. Yeah, I know. Fuck off. It's a free podcast. I'm complaining about an incredibly specific problem you've caused. After the riff about Will's body being a shitty theme park, I now have the jingle from the old Gumbaya Park stuck in my head. Ah, oh, how that used to go? Gumbaya, Gumbaya park, park, it's a place to be. Gumbaya, Gumbaya Park, Gumbaya where the city meets the country. Oh, was it? <laughs> Gumbaya Park, it's for the family. And then I remember they list off all the attractions. It was a giant all the stuff you really like. Did you ever go to Gumbaya huh? Park? I can't remember. I think I did. The, is Gumbaya Park the one that had the toboggan, the dry toboggan? Yeah, the dry toboggan, which was absolutely shit house, and um, the giant. Peacock. It was awesome. What are you talking about? I love the dry, the 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 dry toboggan. Really? Yeah. Nah. I, uh, How old were you when you went? I was I was like eight. Uh, <laughs> you were thirty. I reckon 25. I was like in my early teens. Yeah. So right. hang on, I've got the Gumbaya Park TVC here. Let's see if I can. Uh, I've, I've seen a new Gumbaya Park one and it's like it doesn't have the song, which is absolutely bullshit. What do you mean? Gumbaya Park still exists? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely it does. Really? Yeah, did you oh, not mate, know we should, We should do a show from Gumbaya Park. Oh, really? An OB from Gumbaya yeah. Park? OB from Gumbaya Park. That'd be amazing. Um, well, um, yes. Okay. Well, we'll find that and we'll drop it in the Gumbaya Park theme. So, Sarah, uh, Sarah Wynn, who uh, obviously you drove her nuts with the mention of that in 226. Uh, we've given you a nice little refresher there. She says, I haven't lived in an area where Gumbaya gets advertised since 1997, so I didn't even realize the song was still stored in the back of my mind. 
but now I feel like this is going to plague me for days, if not weeks. Thanks for the inevitable pain this is going to cause, and also actual thanks for the hours of entertainment while walking the dog or stuck in city traffic. Uh, and she says about her name, no pronunciation guide. I'm looking forward to hearing you chip over your tongues trying to get it right. Uh, well, I think we did that. I think there's a fair yeah. chance that we both did that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Our final uh, Patreon email is from Kara. Uh, I sent this via the Tofop website. Sorry for the duplicate, but I really want to win a Stuka book. Tofop respondents. Now that the crab feast has ended, Tofop has taken the spot as my go-to podcast. That had me thinking back to when I first heard of Will Anderson, early 2015. New episodes of Tofu... Oh, hang on. Oh, no. no. I thought I'd read this before, but I haven't. Uh, early 2015, new episodes of Tofop were few and far between, and so I listened to Fofop. I had my own favourite guest, Charlie's, and went through uh, picking episodes based on who... Uh, pick it, picking... Oh, God, sorry. Again, I can't read. I had my own favourite guest, Charlie's, and went through picking episodes based on that, in brackets, who the hell is Charlie anyway? <clears throat> Eventually, I decided to try Tofop. Ugh, I don't care for this Charlie guy. <laughs> he is my least favourite Charlie. And then I think, I don't know what it is. It looks like just gibberish, but it might be an emoticon of like vomiting or something like that. I'm pretty right. sure it's something like that. Uh, fast forward a few months and I am, was firmly invested in Tofop and the crime fighting duo of Charlie and Will. I even went back and listened from the start and yikes, I'm still here. So I, I, I assume that's having given, me, having given me my lashes, she's now serving me some sugar. Well, also what I would think is, Charlie, she might have discovered in that situation that because um, if she's come from the Crab Feast, uh, she's probably come from mm. one of my appearances on the Crab Feast. And one of the appearances that I did on the Crab Feast was one with Kumail at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival where I told the story that I believe we told in the very first TOEFOP episode, which is the me hitchhiking at Coachella <laughs> and you know the, the, the guy picking us up with the eye patch and shots out of the eye. So she would yeah. have eventually heard the, like, gone back. If she's gone back to Tofu well, episode yeah, one, yeah. I think she would have heard Same where story. that story came from. I believe uh, it was it was lacking that one ingredient, Will, where I suggested that you were sucking cum. Yeah. That, <laughs> did, not come up on, that did not come up on the crab verse. <laughs> Found it hard to get Kumail to bring that up. <laughs> the two of you have taught us Americans so many useful words and phrases. Rock up to mean uh, to arrive at a party. Wrapped as in I am happy. Pash as in kiss. And of course, bin. Most in the USA, trash can. Are there any American phrases that you and Will find amusing and wish you could use in your everyday vernacular? Mm. I like cockamamie. I don't know if that's particularly like US. It's definitely not probably current US, but... I used to, I remember watching like, I think it was like Warner Brothers cartoons and they'd always like talk about someone being cockamamie and I just think it's such a fucking great word. I'd love to bring it back. Cockamamie. Um, I have got to say, I've got a real soft spot for, and I guess this isn't like particularly an American, you know, word necessarily. Well, I think it is. Like, I think it's probably an American word. I think it's an American term, but I love filibuster. I am absolutely fascinated by the idea of a filibuster. I love the concept of it, like in the, you know, sort of yeah. American politics, but I just like the idea of like dropping in the term filibuster in a general sense. Yeah. And they've got the best theme song. 
Filibuster. Filibuster. When you need a man to talk all day, who you gonna call? Filibuster. Filibuster. Um, okay. Thanks for all the years and hours of Batman and robot content, plus all the tips on how to make no money via pretend radio show. Could you please play the Everyone Relax, uh, Everyone Read Facts theme song for us again? Michael, uh, you have my permission. To play the uh, Everyone Read Facts theme. Um, uh, do we have time for a couple of regular emails? Can I quickly tell you something? There's some new feature on the Skype. Yeah. Where like it's a bit of a I don't know what it is, but it's their version of um like you know Siri or like the Microsoft you know uh, like sort of a, a paperclip or whatever, where it's like sort of a, mm. a ring like circle. I think it might be called Cortana, perhaps. And so when when things are being typed, um, I'm getting little suggestions on what would be like the reply <laughs> that you could just send <laughs> through. And so uh, Michael has put up the origin of the word is French. I assume that is like the origin of the word filibuster, maybe perhaps is is French. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um uh, Right. And then uh so uh, in reply it had just suggested that I write back and bacon. Don't really know why <laughs> how that would have been helpful for me to Oh, it's filibustero in Spanish. Oh, that's pretty good too. <laughs> Uh, have you got time for just quick T-mails? Yep, let's do oh, it. Oh, we should, we have to pick a winner from uh, Patreon. Who oh, would you like the best? Definitely, like, definitely recap? that. Definitely uh, Crab Face. I like Crab Face. Crab. Uh, okay. Particularly because the Crab Feast, for those who haven't listened to the Crab Feast, is one of the all-time great um, podcasts, and they have just recently finished up, which yeah gives me hope that one day we can finish this. Um, but <laughs> it's a brilliant right, podcast. You can go back and listen to all the Crab Feast episodes, but, um, both of the guys from the Crab Feast have started a new podcast. Um, Ryan Stickler has started a new one called The Honeydew. And there's an episode of that. I think it's only the second episode and it's Daniel Van Kirk, who's a, like a brilliant comedian, um, and, and Ryan, and they, they're talking about not having, not, not having parents around that the both of them different had not parents around when they were growing up. And it's just a really interesting like hilarious but interesting conversation about a world that i didn't have a lot of experience about and I, it's just a really brilliant podcast so i'll give that a big shout out okay cara uh you need to let me know what your address is for anyone else who plans to write into our patreon uh, message window remember to include your address because you could win a sticker book you know what i might make a little video this afternoon just showing people exactly What's on the line here? Because I think once you see the quality of the sticker book, and also for past winners of the sticker book, could you just send us some photos of where you've placed the yep. stickers? If you, I mean, I know some of you are like collectors, and you've probably you know bagged and boarded them straight away, you know, because it's they're limited edition, one in fifty. Uh, if you haven't though, if you've got them stuck up on some uh, 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 photos at home, let us know. Send us some photos, and, and we'll repost them. All right, some quick email, Will. This is from Nathan. He says, cassette tape in the subject line. Hey, Tofop, whatever happened to releasing a Tofop on cassette tape? Are you still going to do that? Also, why can't Charlie read? Isn't he like 40? <laughs> well, joke's on you, dickhead. I'm 41. And by the tone of your email, I'm, I'm assuming you are a youngster. But I'm going to yell at you for being a youngster. Learn some bloody manners. But also, the idea that you're 40... Like, essentially, you learn to read, like, what, by the time you're 12 or something. So anything after yeah. 12, you should be able to read. It's not like you learn to read better from the ages of 20 <laughs> to 40. Like, I read as well at 40 as I... In fact, I read worse 
at almost 45 than I do at 20 because now I need glasses. I'm much worse. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I think his last question answers his second question, mm. which is like, I, my fucking eyesight's going. Yeah. I'm, I, every time I read, I'm reading off this fucking iPad, which doesn't make it easier either. Um, the cassette tape. Yeah, I still want to do it. I can't remember. Did someone... <laughs> This is why we need like an assistant or someone. Did someone say they were going to help us make a cassette tape that they had a machine to do it or something? Because if that exists, hit me up. Mike Hal is saying something. Was it you, Mike Hal? Oh, uh, that's Mike. <laughs> Mike Hal has that machine. And so then, literally uh, the guy. Mike Cortana is suggesting my responses to that would be, I am sure you do. I want it. I need it. And Mike Hal, Cortana <laughs> has summed up my attitude on this. I am sure you do. I want it. I need it. This is from Alana, dear Tofop, about me. Like Will, I also watch The West Wing to forget about the state of the world. Uh, you mentioned this in episode 224. Mm -hmm. So I have a story about border security prompted by last week's pod, 226. So again, we're catching up. We're about a month behind the emails. We are gaining, but this is about a month ago we talked about this. I visited my family in Italy last year. And when we asked them why they never visit us in Australia, they responded... <laughs> by telling us it was because of the TV show Border Security, <laughs> which apparently airs in prime time in Italy. My cousin looked me dead in the eyes and told me they don't want, a quarant they don't want quarantine officials to take away their salami when they get here. <laughs> so for anyone, uh, for instance, like our overseas listeners who may not know what border security is, well, what is border security about? Uh, we have a, we are it's a reality so show. We are so obsessed in this country by being cops, essentially. Like we are the like a, a nation that is based on essentially criminals. We were a whole bunch of criminals who got sent to a somebody else's island and then uh, took over their island, and we've turned into a nation of cops. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we love law and order. Would we you have... say, Will, that I am Australia in the way that I've made myself the self-appointed sheriff of my neighbourhood? Like I am like Australia. Mate, you are absolutely Over, Australia. You you overzealous, used to be cool, over authoritarian. Couldn't be more Australia. You've used your privilege to become a cop, and that is that sums up our country more than anything else in the world. And one of our more popular shows is essentially people coming through border security in this country and being filmed and interrogated by border security. That's like a popular yeah. TV show, and it's mostly Generally people who elderly foreigners <laughs> who don't understand that they can can't bring their medicine into this country. <laughs> What is this obsession with bringing miscellaneous meats into Australia? From the surprise suckling pork in the additional suitcase through the John West rejects in the handbag. Is it an act of malice or a simple mistake? Is it really, oops, the spit roast must have accidentally slipped into my backpack or actually, fuck yes, I've got the Peking duck in, boys. Well, firstly, I need to point out spit roast means something completely different in this country. <laughs> Uh, so I wouldn't just be casually using the term spit roast at border security, or you might be making a very up late X-rated episode of the television show border security. Um, uh, you know what it is? We have very strict quarantine laws in Australia. And the reason is that we yeah. don't have a lot of, there is a lot of diseases because we are a, an island in the middle of nowhere and we have very specific flora and fauna. There are a whole bunch of diseases and stuff that we do not have in this country and that we're very strict about preventing from coming into this country because they'll destroy the natural habitat. So there is good reason I mean, for it. Australia is like a big enough country that when you go from state to state, you have to dispose of certain fruits and stuff. Well, Like it's that diverse. I went to Tasmania on the weekend and there are things that you can... 
uh, you can't take into Tasmania. Like you can take them out of Tasmania, like, you know, but you can't take them into Tasmania. So essentially everything in Tasmania is fine. You can take that back to the mainland, but this ship from the mainland, you can't take to Tassie. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last uh, T-mail for this week is from David. He says, hey, Tofop, here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. Will and Charlie, or Charlie and Will, I still laugh about the episode where you managed to talk about the order of your names for ages every time you read any Tofop respondents. I'm about halfway through your final episode for 2018 and unfortunately have to make my way into work. Your riff on French accents and whether you're big in France has me absolutely in stitches. This often happens when I listen to Tofop during my commute. I drive about an hour each way. Oh, brutal. So I just wanted to say thank you for the laughs. You guys keep me equal parts entertained and in a constant state of worry about the eventual rise of robot overlords. Looking forward to the new episodes in 2019 and more strange looks from other drivers as I laugh out loud and wipe the tears from my eyes while crawling in traffic. Thanks again, Dave. P.S. Will, your Illegal show was awesome. I saw The Late Show at the Opera House and it's possibly the best show I've ever seen live. And in brackets, I'll let you guys speculate on how many shows I've seen live to compare to. I'm going to say that was the first thing you've ever seen. Thousands. Thousands and thousands. He's seen every no, single live absolutely show. Absolutely the first time he has been in a coma. Since he was six years old, he came out. Anything. I mean, he also saw a squashed like coffee cup on the ground and he thought it was the most beautiful artwork he'd also seen. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, Will mentioned it earlier, but uh, yes, Patreon is the best way to support the show. So please go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop and sign up to become a Patreon member. Not only do you get lots of bonus content, but you help us make this show. And we like doing it, but we need your support to, to keep on doing it. Like Will said... I've been keeping track of the figures. There's been a little dip in the past two or three months. Understandably, it's Christmas time. Not everyone can spend. Uh, but just if there's anything left as you go into the new year that you could throw our way, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm on tour at the moment, so uh, you can come and see my brand new show, uh, which hopefully will be even better than Will Eagle, although I haven't done it yet, so I can't actually promise that's the case. Um, but I hope it will be. It's called Will Informed. Uh, I'm in Hobart March the 8th, and then Melbourne International Comedy Festival is the first major run of that show. So uh, buy some tickets to that. That'd be great. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, individually and as Tofop. And I think that's everything. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Now we're here after the credits, Charlie. Yeah, we're here because we have we have a correction. We have a correction that we have to make because uh, I looked up Lombarda, The Forbidden Dance, uh, and it took me to a movie called, it turns out, The Forbidden Dance because there was a movie also called Lombarda. Now, they both came out the same year, and apparently The Forbidden Dance was Lombarda, The Forbidden Dance, but they were, then were sued by the makers of Lombarda, and they had to drop Lombarda, so even is that right is, am i getting this right this this is what happened right that, no that's right that's that's exactly what happened it's it's really confusing so uh we just recorded this as a little postscript because we told you we were reading the synopsis of lambada but we we're actually reading the synopsis of the forbidden dance which was once called lambada but then had to change their name to the forbidden dance and also to make it even more confusing i'm convinced that in australia lambada the ones that sued the other guys released their film as lambada the forbidden dance <laughs> So I, I don't really know which one was which. I know there was a movie called Lombarda, The Forbidden Dance. We've read you the synopsis of one called The Forbidden Dance, which was about Lombarda. It certainly <laughs> finished in them doing the Lombarda. So at another stage, we're going to have to revisit the movie Lombarda, 
Both came out the same year, by the way. Yeah. And then find out what it's about. All right. Well, maybe we can do that as a, an episode down the line. We read the actual plot synopsis of Lambada. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's some real good sizzle. We've got Super Bowl chat. We've got Fire Festival. And we've got... There's no there's no magic, apparently, in Lombarda. So oh, I'm already sensing that it is an inferior film. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.